Hi everyone, I'm Rosemary Miller here with Emily Mason, a Forbes reporter here to discuss Capital One's $35 billion takeover of Discover. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. So Emily, can you elaborate on the key details of Capital One's $35 billion bid to acquire Discover Financial Services and the potential implications for both companies if the deal passes regulatory scrutiny? Yeah, of course. So Capital One is the fourth largest credit lender in the United States, and they are proposing to acquire Discover, which is the fifth largest. Um, so this, if the deal goes through, will create kind of the first largest lender in the United States, even surpassing JP Morgan by credit volume. Um, so that's significant. And then the part that my story kind of focuses on more is that Capital One will also gain control of the Discover network, um, which has some really interesting implications for them. Mm -hmm. And you said it'll become the largest, surpassing J.P. Morgan. How do you foresee this impacting the competitive landscape, especially consider Discover's current standing in market reach? Yeah, I think um, some people are really concerned sort of about the consolidation in financial services, um, and particularly in credit lenders. The CFPB put out a report the other week saying that the largest credit lenders kind of charge more fees than the smaller ones, like community banks or even, even regional lenders. Um, so there is some concern on that front, especially following Silicon Valley Bank's collapse and consolidation like JPM buying First Republic. Um, so I kind of see the concerns there, but on the network side of the business, this really stands to actually um, increase a lot of competition. So, so Visa and MasterCard really kind of rule the roost when it comes to card processing in the States. Um, and then Amex and Discover are kind of distant third and fourth place when it comes to the network. Um, but with Capital One coming on as an issuer for the Discover Network, it really kind of makes it a more formidable competitor. So could we discuss the the issues with the FDIC and the student loan applications? I mean, how might these challenges impact the overall success of this integration of companies? Um, I'm I'm not super concerned about the that kind of piece of it. I think if the deal goes through, Capital One might like Discover and the FDIC came to a consent agreement. So if there's a fee at, like attached to that settlement, then Capital One will likely have to pay it off for the deal to go through. Um, but I don't imagine it'll it'll create any huge issues. Mm -hmm. And Capital One emphasizes gaining ownership of Discover Cards Network. How significant is Discover Cards Network in comparison to industry leaders like Visa or MasterCard, American Express? I mean, what advantages might it offer to Capital One? Yeah, um, so that's that's actually a pretty big question, um, just kind of to set the stage a little bit. Um, like Visa and MasterCard are kind of the two leading networks. They're both um, what's called kind of open networks. So thousands of issuing banks like create cards and use their networks to process those transactions versus Amex and Discover are called um, like closed network banks. So with both Amex and Discover, they are both the issuing bank and the network processing the transactions. Um, and that sounds really confusing, but it has some pretty important implications. Um, Visa and MasterCard, because they are the network for all of these issuing banks, they have really a lot of power in the ecosystem to set kind of um, they, they get to set rules for their network, um, and that includes includes setting the interchange fees that merchants have to pay for processing transactions. Um, Discover and Amex like are not subject to the fees that Visa and MasterCard use, and they are also exempt from um, this law called the, the Durbin Amendment, which caps how much 
Visa and MasterCard are able to charge um, because there were kind of some antitrust concerns around that. Um, and that's because Discover and Amex are the issuing bank, like the, the bank that's issuing the card, and they're negotiating the fees that the merchant pays directly with the merchant instead of Visa and MasterCard setting this blanket fee for a bunch of different issuers on their network. Um, so that is really significant for Capital One because they kind of stand to make more money on merchant fees if they are the ones directly negotiating with the merchant. Well, Emily, how does this acquisition affect consumers? Yeah, I mean, I think for consumers, I, I think there is some concern that that um, interchange fees for Capital One cards may increase, which um, would be, you know, we'll see how merchants feel about that. They might not feel great. Um, it could mean, and again, we don't know any of this for sure, it could mean more rewards for consumers that are, you know, those are always funded out of interchange. Um, but at the same time, it means that consumers' goods could cost more. It means that merchants could decide to pass along the interchange fees through surcharges. Um, and, you know, none of that is really, that's kind of just the interchange game. That's not really like unique to Capital One or Discover. Um, but that's kind of like where consumers might see it. Mm hmm. Well, considering the scale and sophistication of Capital One, how do you see the acquisition of Discover positioning Capital One for future growth and its ability to pass on savings to consumers? Well, I think what's really interesting about what this means um, position-wise for Capital One is kind of how they compete with the other the other big retail banks. So like Wells Fargo or Bank of America, um, that interchange cap that's set by Durbin, it, there's a proposal to lower it even further. And there's kind of, you know, some thought that that might just keep getting lower and lower and lower and that'll kind of keep eating into the bottom lines of these banks that issue cards on visa and mastercard networks versus capital one like if they're able to set their own fees and they're not subject to that durbin cap like their advantage kind of just keeps growing and growing and growing as the cap gets lower and lower and lower um, and that could really change like the retail banking dynamics like if they're able to offer better rewards if they're able to offer they already offer like no free checking accounts and things like that so um, that's that's really kind of the significance as in terms of like positioning Capital One. Well, Emily, is there anything else on your radar regarding this acquisition that you believe should be on ours? Yeah, I think this is a story that's kind of just going to keep on giving. We're going to be able to see how all the different players respond. Um, and of course, we have to see if it gets through regulators. So I'm, I'm excited to keep following it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Emily.